book of Psalms, chapter 100 and verse 4. And it's interesting that this morning we had an opportunity, I had an opportunity to sit outside in the back there, and I, I actually forgot that in the back of our doors, in the back doors, in the back of our church, um, this verse is actually written. It says in Psalms 100, verse 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. Amen. And, and ladies, thank you for doing that. You uplifted my heart this morning. Thank you for your song. Let's turn our Bibles now this morning as we continue on to the, um, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16. And again, familiar passages of Scripture this morning. Acts chapter 16, verse 22, and we begin reading from there. Acts chapter 16, verse 22. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into, the, into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. In verse 24 of Acts chapter 16, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And the prisoners heard them. Verse 26 is an amazing, amazing verse. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, and so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And to, today, this morning, I'd like to preach a sermon entitled, Confronting Thankfulness. Confronting Thankfulness. Let's pray. God, we, we all understand that the music and, and the giving and all this is, is pointed towards something, and it's to the preaching of your word. And so this morning, I ask that you give me clarity of thought, that you help me convey the scriptures you desire to. And again, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to so freely hold our Bibles up and, and to, to read the Psalms and to read the complete canon of scripture this morning. I thank you for that. And so I pray that you just, again, allow us to stay concentrated and help us to continue to think about what is being said this morning and then apply it in our life. We thank you again for our pastor. We pray, Lord, that you just take care of him this time. In Jesus' name, amen. I guess that there's some stories in the Bible that, that I, would like to, I would like to be transported in time to see. There's some stories in the scriptures that I, that I read. When I read, I sort of get sort of excited, sort of energized about them. Um, one of them would be um, David and Goliath. One of the things that I, I really admire is that you see this young man come up, and, and it says that the, the, the rest of the armor were fearful. And here you have a young man standing up for God. And, and if, you were to, if I was to be like a fly in the wall in that, in that sort of like tent where Saul gave, gives David his armor and his, his, his weapons. Man, that would be an amazing sight. And see David take them off and say, I have not tested these. 
There's sometimes I think like how amazing would it be to, to watch Goliath fall and then the armies of Israel regain their strength and then chase away the armies of the Philistines. That would be a wonderful thing. There's some stories like um, Jonah and the whale and the fish, how, how God allowed him to go through that period of time in the whale's belly and, and then to be cast onto the beach and to see revival happen in just a few short words, just repeated over and over again, and see Nineveh repent and get right. That would be an amazing sight. And then we get to the New Testament, and one of the things that is amazing about the New Testament is that God doesn't stop what He did in the Old Testament. He just confirms it with the New Testament, amen? And so what happens is is that you you get to the Scriptures in the New Testament, and you find that that the, the men of God, still were struggling and still were persecuted and still placed into positions and places where it wasn't nice, it wasn't um, comfortable, it was was actually out of their their realm of comfort and God did miraculous things like this. And one of the the verses that always works in my heart every time I read it in verse 25 is this, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises Unto God. And in the last statement says this, and the prisoners heard them. And I don't know about you, but I know what I would be thinking. I'd be thinking in my mind, well, um, you're stuck in the innermost part of the prison, buddy. Uh, well, well your, your feet are actually um, fastened to the stocks. You can't move around. Well, you can't go to the toilet. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, and, and you know what? From what I heard, if I was a prisoner back then, from what I heard, you were cast into prison for no reason. For actually helping a lady. For casting that demon out of her. From what I heard, that you guys got beaten in front of everybody and, 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 and they, they mocked you and they persecuted you. And from what I heard, why would you, why would you be thankful? Why would you sing praise? And the thought is, this morning, as we delve into this month's theme and into the scriptures in regards to authentic appreciation, we need to understand some truths here, some questions that church people outside are asking. People that observe your life and they see how you react to circumstances and they should be asking these questions to you. Wait, wait. You told me a year ago that you had cancer. But why are you so happy? Why do you keep going to church every Sunday? Why do you sing so great hymns from, from, from the book? And wh- why is that the case? And sometimes, if we're not careful, we can, we can live our life and not expect to give an answer. And this morning, I would like to, to allow you to learn some answers that you can give to those that are asking from without. But church, there are some Christians, there are some Christians that ask the same questions that are within. There are some Christians today and And sometimes it's myself included, where I sit down and I listen to a sermon or we sing a song. And and behind that song is this question, 
why do I sing this song? Or why do I go to church? Or why does everyone seem else, everybody else seems to be prospering, prospering in what they're doing in their life? And, and I'm back here. And sometimes we ask the questions that the outside world is looking in, is asking as well. And so today I'd like to answer some of those questions. And this question is simply this. Why? Why be thankful? First point for us this morning, simply this. We are thankful because of what Christ has done for us. Amen? Are you thankful? Definitely. We are thankful because of what Christ has done for us. And we live in a, in a generation, in, 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 I believe in 2 Timothy, in, in verse um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about um, the, last, the perilous times shall come, right? And so let's turn there in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll, we'll read what, sort of, what are the characteristic traits of the culture and of the society that are, are, that are in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. It says this, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. And this word, unthankful, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Verse 4, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And there was, a, there was, a, there was a, a permeation of this back then. How much the more today? Church, we need to understand that one of those, those um, points, one of those characteristic traits is unthankfulness. We are thankful because of what Christ has done for us. In Romans 5 verse 12, can someone quote that for me? Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. Why? For that all have sinned. And this morning, you need to understand, and we need to all understand, the dire straits that we were in once before where you used to be an enemy of God, where you used to be somebody that rejected God. And because of your sin, you could no longer have relationship with God. And this morning, what we can say to the question, why be thankful, is because Jesus Christ has done so many things for us. What he had, we're thankful because of what Christ has done for us. And in Romans 5 verse 7, it says this, for scarcely a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Verse 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we are yet, what? Sinners. Christ died for you. And church, the reason why you should come into the church thankful and giving him praise is because what he has already done for you in your life. I love the fact that our God is not dead. I love the fact that we don't need to go to Sri Lanka, to Kandy, to see the tooth of Buddha. 
I love the fact that we don't need to go to different places around the world to see some prophet that was buried there. No, no, Jesus Christ is alive and well, my friend, and he's living inside you too. And understand that as we come into church and as we sort of live our life, it should be a life of thankfulness. Why? Because of what he's done for me. And I'm not talking about walking around with a grin on your face, like looking all shifty. I'll bring having joy in your Christian life. And there are people out there that are looking in here and saying, you shouldn't be happy. You shouldn't be joyous about your, what your predicament and your circumstances are. But why in the world are you happy about it? Well, because I'm thankful that God did something for me. He did something for you too. He died for your sin. Things that you could not pay. And you try to pay it with your good works and making him Lord of your life. It doesn't work like that, my friend. You can try to do it with, uh, with, with going to church or giving money to the offering, but it doesn't work like that, my friend. Why? Because payment has already been paid. It's the blood of Jesus. And I love the fact that it's not free. And I was explaining this to the teenagers on Wednesday. That we tell people, you know, for by grace that you say through faith. And, and, and everyone sort of cheapens it sometimes, but it's not free, my friend. It was expensive, very expensive. It cost God his son. And this valuable asset that you have should energize you. Man, I'm saved. God did this for me. God has saved me for my sin. We are thankful because of what Christ has done for us. Church, we can put a smile on our face. Why? Because even though he knew what we were, and what will we be after? And the failures that we make? And the, the times of struggles and our shortcomings? He still went to the cross and died for you. He still fulfilled it. We are thankful because of what Christ has done for us. But you know what? He's given you purpose. See, the world out there, they... The, 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 their purpose is, is family. Their purpose is to, to excel and, and get to the highest that they can do in their life and then just, that's it, you know, have a good life. But church, your purpose is completely far more greater than that. It's far more amazing. It's the fact that Jesus Christ saved you and he separated you and, and he caused you and he called you out to, to form a body of believers to, to bring him glory, to bring him honor. And then not only that, he, he encourages and trusts you with taking this truth of the gospel and says, yeah, I did it for you. Now let's do it for another person. And he gives you this privilege of sharing the word of God and giving the truth to another brother, or to, to someone out there that needs it. You know, there was a, there's a family, there was a family that was in hospital for quite a number of months this past year. And their daughter was, was, um, was going through some complications, some things. And, you know, their testimony was like a beacon of light at that hospital. Because they, they, were, they weren't swaying to and fro. They weren't upset. Or, even though they was, they hurt, definitely. But they had a solid foundation. They had a cause that was right. 
and made, they, even, they even shared the gospel in the time of distress. They kept sharing the gospel, showing the light, being an encouragement. And only Christians can do that. And so if you think your friends are not looking at you, they are. And they're saying, why? Why be thankful? Well, because Christ has done some great things for us. Secondly, again, I won't be long today. We are thankful because of what Christ continues to do for us. It's not done and dusted, my friend. And I love the fact that when I got saved at the age of 10, October 16th, year 2000, that God wasn't done with me, that God had something in store for me, that, that he wanted me to do something great in my life, and it might not be as grandeur as everybody else's, or it might not be the same as other people's, but God has a plan for me, and he continues to allow me to go through that plan. Amen. Church, he has a plan for you too. And what's funny is that we think God only has a plan for those that are speaking behind the pulpit. But that's not the case. God has a specific design for you to be here this morning. I, I definitely believe that. When we were praying this morning, um, as we had our meeting, our, our, our Sunday meeting at 8 o'clock this morning, we, I was praying that, that you understand some truths in the Word of God to, 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 make, you, to make, I guess, everyone understand that there is, there is use for you here. You are needed here. We desire you to be here. We love the fact that you bring your family here and you brought your wife here or your husband here. Uh, we love the fact that you bring your friends here. It's an encouraging thing for us. Why? Because the more people get to hear the word of God, we, get, we, we can convey truth to you guys and, and we are thankful because of what Christ has continued, continues to do for us. I'll tell you why. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Let's turn there. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. get there. It says this. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never, what? Leave thee. Isn't that beautiful? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Christian, you'll never walk alone. And it might seem like at a, at a, in a short period of your time, and, and it might seem like you're walking alone right now, but, but God said, God promised in his word, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. I love the fact that it's, it's not just leaving you, it says forsaking you. Even if it's your problem, even if it's because of your sin, even if it's because you're, you, you place yourself in that predicament, God says that he's not going to leave you because he loves you. And he continues to do that every single day of your life. And the value of this is so great. So amazing. Why? Because when you lie, Christian, when we lie, God doesn't just drop you and say, oh, you know, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. When you make a mockery of of your salvation and your Christianity, God doesn't forsake you. And that is a beautiful thought. Why? Because 
you know what? It is not based on you. <laughs> it's not based on how you feel. It's based on what God did and what He promised He will do. So we don't just have hope and glory and, 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 and joy in the past, my friend. You can have joy, hope, and glory right today. And this week, why? Because He promised He'll never leave you. And maybe you're the one that's, that's sitting here and you're saying to yourself, you know what, um, Pastor EJ, I, I, I feel like sometimes I, I look at everybody else out there and they look like they're having such a better time than here. I look at what they have and, and it, seems like, it seems like whatever they're doing is, is really prospering them. Do you know what? You're prosperous yourself. Sometimes it just takes you to actually look and see how blessed you are. You know how blessed I was yesterday when I saw the deacons? And I'm going to say this because I, I'll, I'll give glory to God, yeah? I saw the deacons working outside, sweating their brow to, to make sure the church is nice and clean for us. That encouraged me. I'll tell you why. Because people that care about what God has given to them will take care of what has been given. Does that make sense? If you value what God has placed in your life, your spouse, your children, you're going to take care of them. And the beautiful thing about what God done for you is that he's not finished yet. Yeah, he's, 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 he's written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. Praise God. But he's not finished with you. Don't think he's ever going to be finished with you until you get to the other side, amen? We are thankful because of what Christ continues to do for us. In John 14, 16, he says this, And I will pray the Father, then he shall give you another comforter, capital C, that he may abide with you forever. And in and another 10 verses down below, in verse 26, it says this, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. He's promised to abide with me. That's why I'm thankful. Not only that, he's promised to help me. And he's promised to help you too. And for those that, are, that, that say, you know, I'm in a good spot. I'm in a good place right now in my Christian walk. Then put this, tuck this right in behind your mind. And, and one day you'll have to go through this again. And you can pull this out again and say, you know what? He promised that he will help me. He promised that he will help me in Hebrews 13.6. Hebrews 13.6 says this, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man, man shall do unto me. You know, men can do really, really evil things. You know, just with a, with, a, with a sharp tongue, you can destroy another man. Just with the wrong information, you, you, the perception of an individual can be destroyed. And sometimes we look at this and, and we fear what, what, what the, the extreme factors of this sentence. Like the, oh, he could hurt me physically. But there are some things that us men are more scared of than getting hurt physically, ladies. 
there's some things that in our life that are far more hurtful to us than you punching me in the face. And every man knows this. Is that when your character is being pointed out, is that when you're being belittled and you're ma- being made to be somebody that you're not, and it seems like they're attacking you not because of what you've done, but what people perceive you to be. That's what hurts. Isn't that right? But God is our helper. He cares about you. And he knows what you're going through. And sometimes you're the reason you put you're the reason that trial is in your life. <laughs> sometimes it's not. It's because of other people's faults, other people's failures. But God continues to help you. Amen? Church is a beautiful thing we have. That's why you can come into church and be thankful. You know, there's sometimes that I remember when I was working um, in a secular job and I would crawl my way. And it looked like physically I was just walking in, but I, I felt like I was crawling my way to Wednesday night service. I just had a really hard week, man. And I just got pumped and then everything was happening and it was just getting almost to the, to the point where I was going to snap, right? And then you come on a Wednesday night and you start praying for other people. You like it when that happens? And you start hearing the needs of other people and you, you start to look at your stuff and say, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> now God has blessed me even through this. He's promised you. He's promised us that he will continue, continue to work he promised to abide with me. He promised to help me. But he also promised to secure me. You know, there's a lot of quote-unquote Christians that are walking around, stepping on eggshells, because they think that if they lie again, they lose their salvation. It's funny, um, I think I was with Brother, brother Fred, and uh, we were having a discussion once, and, and basically the... <laughs> The guy had the bread, he had the, the wine, uh, the priest that was in the front. It was, it was different circumstances, we were there. And, um, and we talked about, I was curious, like, what does that mean? You know, some people believe that if they walk an aisle and they get a piece of bread, they put it in their mouth and, and just dissolve it a little bit with their saliva and get a, a bit of wine and put it in their mouth and swish it around, taste the aromatic flavors in their mouth and swallow that thing. Do you know they think that they're actually going to heaven because of that? And we laugh at that. We, we smile at that. But that's their belief. And then God gives you the privilege of learning the truth. The truth that Jesus Christ paid for their sin. The truth that it says that he, he's, he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. The truth that in Hebrews 13, 9 says that be not afraid about the with diverse and strange doctrines. The thought is, is that God never changes, and so the payment that God has done is sealed. And you're sealed unto the day of redemption, amen? And today the Holy Spirit seals you. That's what you received when you got saved, by the way. And he said, this is all basic things, but sometimes we've got to look at the basic things in our life to be thankful to the God that he's given that to us, and then we can live our life happier. And instead of seeing the, and critiquing services, 
and critiquing music and critiquing all these different things, instead of doing that, maybe you could just sit down and just be thankful that God has given you the privilege of coming to church today and no one's arresting you for it. And we don't need to walk through a, a, a bunch of protesters to get to our church. One day that will be the case. Mark my words, one day. One day your faith will be a target. It already is. <laughs> but God is his promise. He promised to, to abide with you. He promised to, to help me. He, he promised to secure us. So we're thankful because Christ continues to work, and to do things for us. Thirdly, the answer to the question, why be thankful? is simply this. Our thankfulness is not dependent on our circumstance. Our thankfulness is not dependent on our circumstance. And right about now, the Holy Spirit will touch your heart and say, hey, that's you. Praise the Lord. Or he'll say, hmm. Because this is the one that I struggle with the most. Because when, when God is blessing me and allowing me to have good health and, and allowing the funds to be in the bank account so that we can buy groceries and do all the things that we want to do. And, and, and God seems to be excelling me in regards to my, my position or in, in, in my workplace or in my relationships. It seems like everything's going well. Then that's when I can praise Him, give thanks to Him. But our, our thankfulness and our life of thankfulness should not be based merely on the circumstances that arise. Tell you why. Because circumstances changes very quick. And one day you could be on top of a mountain and God has done blessing after blessing for you. And the next day you could be wallowing in the mud somewhere and you'd be sitting in bed and you know you don't want to go up for work. You don't want to do anything for God. Why? Because you're basing your thankfulness. You're basing your happiness and your desire to glory and praise God because of what's happening in your life. And so, like what we always say, it's like your, your Christianity is like a roller coaster ride. <laughs> it goes up and down, and you're sort of just waiting for the next amazing thing to happen so that God can work in your heart again, where it's not consistent. Why? Because it ought not to be based on your circumstances, Christian. EJ, it's me. And the times that we go through that, it should be the times where we're energizing ourselves and looking back, hey, God saved me. God has done this for me. God has given me children that continue to serve God and that love Him. God has blessed me with that. And I, I never had to struggle with this area in my life. And yes, we struggled with this, but, but not this one. But so, so God has, has been merciful to me. And keep that thankfulness up. Keep hitting it. Keep reminding yourself. Why? Because the moment you do, the devil's going to say, you know what? Church doesn't love you. You're just doing it for the motions. You know, no one in church really cares about your life. The devil will do his dead level best to keep you out of church, by the way. So the moment you feel that inkling, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's the devil saying, hey, you know what? You don't need to go to church. Just watch some guy online. It happens. 
But the value of coming to church is that what we did outside, and we talked to each other. We said, hey, how you going? Going okay. Is there anything I could pray about? Sure. That stuff, you can't get on. You can't, you can't get that online. Does that make sense? You, you can't get that little conversation that, that you expect everything's going to be fine, and then you talk to him, and you're like, mercy, I need to pray for my brother. You don't get that online. You get that here. And God's given you that privilege to do it here. And we ought to be thankful. And again, it's not, it's not just walking around and smiling like, hey, guys. Hey. No, it's not like that. It's the spirit that permeates in you. And, and you, you need to, if you, if you see a, a person that's down, help them up. If, if you see that there's something on their mind, be there to help them. Church, you're here for a reason, right? Like you can talk to someone real quick and you can find that there's some things that he needs, he needs help with or she needs help with. There's some things that she can give you that will help you. <laughs> How many times has that happened to me? And one little statement has changed my perception very quickly and helped me. We're thankful. We're thankful because of what Christ done for us. We're thankful because of what Christ is currently doing for us. Thirdly, we're thankful because our thankfulness is not based on circumstance. In Colossians chapter 3.10, and I'll turn there for you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. It says this. And have put on the new man. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all in all and in, in all. Verse 12, put on, what's that word? Therefore. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, longsuffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Next verse, verse 15, beautiful thing. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are, also, you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. You choose to be thankful. You choose to, in verse 12, put on therefore. You, you choose to, you, to be kind, to be humble in your mind, to, be, uh, to, to have meekness, to have long-suffering, to forbear one another. Don't you know what that means? That means that if he's really annoying you, you sort of just give him grace. You choose to allow that in your life. Therefore, if that's the case, if it's my choice, then you can choose to be thankful even if your circumstances are below par. And he doesn't come to church anymore. You don't understand that. You don't know the pain of it. God does. 
but you don't understand this relationship that we once had and now it's, now it's diminished. It's, it's nothing there anymore. God knows. But you don't know how I feel this morning. It's, 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 not, it's not the right way to, to feel. God knows you. And I'm not saying that it's blasé thing. No, no. God knows you. God knows what you're going through. But nobody else understands. But you think nobody else understands. But it'd be a surprise to you if you just had a little list up here and I asked a question and said, hey, who's ever experienced this? You'd be surprised how many people would stand up and say, yep, that was me. Yep, I struggled with that. And then you'll find out that while you're, you're, you're considering not coming to church, that other people are in church sorting it out and getting stronger. And they can help you too. There is value in this and there's value in thankfulness because we're not based on circumstance. And lastly, simply this. Our thankfulness ought to be rendered to the giver. Our thankfulness is rendered to the giver. When, um, when, when you get a Christmas card, and I know it's not Christmas yet, but, you know, it's the first thing that came into my mind. You get a Christmas card and someone gives you 50 bucks. You don't go to the postman and say, thank you, postman, for giving that 50 bucks to me. I appreciate it. That's going right, right into Reggio. I can pay for Reggio for this week, for this month. You don't do that. You don't, you don't, you don't see the, 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 the car that you have or, or the children that you have. They don't go to, they don't, they don't, they don't just, you know, come out of nowhere. But if we're not careful, we start being thankful for having the object instead of being thankful for the giver of the object. Does that make sense? And what we do is we, we're thankful, oh, man, I have a car that works, that goes to church. Praise the Lord. We don't go, thank you, car. Who does that? We have some nice clothes here today. You're dressed nice. Praise the Lord. No, thank you, clothes. No, God provided for, for you. Amen. When, you're, when your business is going really well, God's provided for that. Yeah, you thank, you thank your colleagues, you thank those people that are helping you out, yeah. But ultimately, the glory goes to your father. Why? Because he's the ultimate giver. And so when, when God allows you to go through some pain in your life, and he gives you this, and you take it, and you get angry at the fact that you had to go through it, still be thankful to the giver that's easy to say hard to give because it's easy to thank God that 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 you you gave me a wife or you gave me children but it's hard to say God you gave me cancer and I thank you for it but it's not based on circumstance amen it's based on the fact that he gave it he knows how much you can bear I have to explain that to someone this week. AJ, you don't know how it feels to, to go through this circumstance in my life. No, no. You, you don't know how it feels to have this type of situation happening towards you. And, and you don't know how all these things are happening. No, I don't. But God surely does. And far more than what I can give you sympathy and I can give you my, my heart and I can give you my prayers, God could do far more for you if you just 
thank the giver, not the object. And so this morning, again, it's supposed to encourage you, it's supposed to strengthen you the fact that we can come into his, his church with thanksgiving, and in our hearts we have praise. Why? Because of the things that were stated today. You know, as we conclude this morning, Oh, if you don't have a verse for, for point number four in, in James chapter 1, 17, it says this, every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? From above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. <clears throat> Study that word. Study that verse. And sometimes we give things to our children because we think that they're going to be happy about it. And then when they receive it, they're happy for like five minutes, and then they go right in the toy box where every other toy was before. And inside your mind, you're like, I just wasted $11 from Big W, buying a mask that you wore for five minutes, and now it's over there in a pile. You know what it says? To him, there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That, that means that God saws your, saw your reaction. How are you going to treat it after? How are you going to neglect it? How are you going to take it for granted? And he still gave it to you. Amen. That is our God. If you're saved this morning, that is your God. And the truth is, is that you have a lot to be thankful for. You just need to look. And so how are we thankful? How is our thankfulness in life? Is it because of what God has done for you? Is it because of the fact that God continues to do things for you? Is it dependent on your circumstance? Or is it because you're rendering glory and thanks to the giver? Let us confront our own thankfulness and see where we stand. Amen? Let's pray. Father, again, I thank you for the opportunity and just the, the freedom, Lord, to, to preach this morning. Um, it's very easy to preach with a, a good spirit here. Because I know so many here are thankful. But heads bowed and, and eyes closed as we do in our, as our custom and here at our church. I talked in the, in the start of the sermon about, about being thankful because of what God has done for you. And maybe that didn't make sense to you. And as a as a believer, it's easy to see it in my life, but maybe for you, it might not be. And maybe there's someone here to say that, Brother Ija, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven. Could you pray for me? With an uplifted hand, if you just raise your hand, just, just quickly so that I can see, and I'll pray for you. So, Brother Ija, I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven when I die. and That's the reason why I'm not thankful anymore, because I've been basing it on that. So, Brother EJ, that's me. Is there anyone here? 
Is there anyone here that would be honest enough to say that? All right. Pray that's the case. So church, let me ask you, how's your thankfulness? So brother EJ, I, the, 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 the sermon helped me and I need to work on some things in my life. Could you pray for me? I see that hand there. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand over there. I see that hand in the back. I see those hands there. I see that hand. No. I have no monopoly on God. But he sure can hear you. Thank you for your honesty. Let's pray. God, again, we're privileged to be able to see that your word works and your word continues to work in your hearts, the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord, for those that were honest today and that said that they need to sort of develop and strengthen their area of thankfulness towards you. I pray, Lord, that you help them to do so. Lord, may it be not a decision to make today, but a lifelong decision to see, Lord, the benefits and the blessings you bestowed upon us. And Lord, be thankful to you as the giver. So again, bless these that raise their hands. And again, bless us, Lord, as we continue to serve you today. I know it's going to be a long day, but God, again, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.